Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Fashion School Dropout. Today I am here with two special guests, my girls Kiana and Bria. Welcome. Hey, <laughs> All right, so uh, these girls are two amazingly talented stylists. First, I'm going to introduce Bria, who we met actually at Facebook headquarters. Um, we were invited to a special women's conference there, and we just hit it off immediately. I fell in love with her Dallas Southern accent, and <laughs> we... <laughs> You know, we're just both two fashionistas in the group, so we hit it off immediately. And she's a ta talented Dallas-based menswear stylist and designer. So welcome, Bria. Hey, hey, y'all. <laughs> and our next guest is Kiana Johnson, who I met Kiana um, via LinkedIn, actually. I was doing an article on the Fashion Mentor blog, and she was really quick with the response and sharing her experience as a celebrity styling intern. And she was just really honest and open. And we um, eventually just, you know, became friends. And I'm so glad to have y'all to share your experiences because, whoo, what a crazy year it has been. 2020, I mean, where do we even begin? <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, with BLM and everything, I feel like I'm so glad this is becoming a conversation, especially in the industry, because it is long overdue. You know, I always say that we as Black women, as Black people, you know, Black culture just influences so much in the fashion industry, and we don't get our rightful dues so yeah so with the whole blm movement that popped off everyone was all of a sudden becoming aware of the struggles and obstacles that we've had to go through and i that really brought back memories of things that i've specifically experienced in the fashion industry as a black woman you know mm -hmm. so i wanted to ask y'all as strong beautiful talented black women yourselves have you had any crazy experiences that, you know, you might want to share with our audience? Definitely. <laughs> I'm like, out of, in this industry in general, there's always a story. There's literally always something that's going down. And just for you to talk about um, Black women being able to share their experiences in fashion right now, um, that's really big um, because a lot of big name um, clothing brands really had to apologize to a lot of Black employees, uh, Black designers, Black creatives. Um, they had to do their due diligence, which I'm, they should have been doing for years at this point because a lot of people's stories were decades, you know, over decades of time having to do this. So um, I'm... I guess I will say I'm happy that they that Black women finally have the platform to speak on their experiences, but I will say it should have happened a long time ago. These these brands and these companies have been um, in the forefront for years at this point, you know, leading fashion, um, leading trends, leading how people see culture and art and life. Um, so to continue to take, take, take and never um, be... Um, I have the the idea of reciprocity is is literally 
sad, but not anything new that Black women are dealing with. Not at all. At this time. I guess I would just want to say, like, before I get to my personal experience, Mm -hmm. I just feel as though, you know, I feel like they treat us like we're trend. And like, you know, with the trend, that's majority of the time that's seasonal, you know? And like what you sort of said, Kiana, like, we've and even what you said Brittany just adding on like we've established trends if you if you go back not even trends but just setting the tone of how things are now all the way to like 1800s like if you look at the way um our ancestors they used to do different stuff with their hair and like they'll just get creative with the little scraps that they had you know it's like taking that you know and just trying to I guess take credit for it. It's just, I don't know, like when the BLM movement, when it, after the George Floyd stuff happened, you know, of course, everybody was just trying to jump on board and stuff like that. And I, I made a tweet the other day. I'm like, okay, where are these brands at with the Black Lives Matter? Cause I don't see it no more. Like y'all just went, y'all went ghost. Like, where and went. Yeah, okay. it's, it's crickets. Y'all, y'all want to apologize. I'm just a little confused. Like, you know, you're just doing all this apology, but it's not genuine. So I'm the type of person, if it's not genuine, just don't say it at all. Yeah. Like, I would respect for if you just didn't comment on anything. And it was certain brands that just didn't comment on anything, but I can't do anything but respect that because they didn't comment, they didn't comment on it because they didn't care. I wouldn't even say they didn't care either, but they that's not what their principles, you know, obviously we're not on their mind enough where they care about the different things social injustices that's going on with our community so you know I'm I'm pinpointing it I don't know if it's because I'm in fashion but I'm like okay when it first happened I'm like let's see how long this trend is gonna last now you look up I haven't seen no company I have not gotten a Black Lives Matter email in months I don't know about y'all and I'm waiting for them to where's the new hiring of black employees where's your new black designers where's your new black creatives literally i'm confused it's been we're what month seven seven no wait wouldn't this start in march we're in month eight of the pandemic and like uh, nobody has announced any diversity any inclusion like because that's the first thing they'll do because at first they need a a diversity committee they need (laughs) a inclusivity committee Right. But I'm seeing all these people getting hired for DNI, you know, diversity and inclusion departments, but I don't see the results. Like you gave it, and, and that's the thing. You you put something in place to say you did something. You know, a lot of these companies just want to say that they took the first step, you know, and, and they don't see any other steps after that. The first step is to post your squares, to make it known, have some awareness, you know. Now that we know, um, we now, wow, we didn't know this. We didn't see this. You know, we didn't walk into our office and only see the same color, you know? And like now um, we're aware and we're going, we have a diversity section who's headed by who? The same person who's had all of these issues who obviously don't know that the ideas that you're taking in are not your ideas. And you can't just say, you put your name on it. You can't just put your brand on it and say that this is the trend that you came up with when you're literally stealing from cultures, you know, when you're literally taking from people's livelihoods. Like, you know, this is not something that people are just wake up and, and do. Like this is embedded in people, in, 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 in our culture, in our lifestyle, in our history. Like you said, it goes back to, 
long, long time ago from our hair to what we think we had, literally the type of creativity that we had to have was from nothing, you know, from the, like you said, the little scraps that were given down to us. Like, and so we, we made the best out of it. Yeah, like, you know, the, it, it, we're not trying to commodify this. And if we are trying to commodify it, it's for our own good, you know, for something that we would like to do for ourselves and our community. Like, not someone that could be vultures and, and, and find, you know, scrap out to find the next gym. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much to unpack, to unpack in that statement right there. I mean, so much that, you know, I want to get on from the appropriation to the fact that we come up with these trends out of the scraps that we were given. And when we do it, it's ghetto. You know, like right. the acrylic nails, the hoops, the gaudy jewelry, the nails. Yes, the all nails. of it. Like the, right. the um, braids, the, um, they were calling them a different name like a couple years ago. It's like, we're just, they're called like cornrows, but there was lots name? of braids. Uh, oh my God. Braids. <laughs> of braids. I remember Monster. that. Yes, oh, you're you gotta send me the link, sis. Oh, <laughs> you hurry up and send that link. Monster braids? No, no, monster braids. Monster braids? Like what she was saying? Bots are like you know, like Floyd Mayweather. Oh, boxer. Boxer, like eh, No, girl, I thought you said monster, <laughs> like a monster. I was like. Oh, I want to see that. I want to see what those look like. <laughs> Girl. And then let's not even talk about um, somebody. What's the, what's the other one? She called them Boderics. Oh, um, my God. Do you remember the Boderic braid? <laughs> I'm just going to call her the Boderic lady. Boderic hair lady. <laughs> what? I'm not about to mention that. but Right, but that's the <laughs> point. Break it up. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, when we do it, it's seen as ghetto, it's seen as low class, ratchet. But if, you know, someone from a famous family that we all know does it, it's all of a sudden, it's high fashion, it's edgy, it's in. in. Right. So that <laughs> we need to get to the point where we're respected as the tastemakers and the creators and originators of these mm -hmm. ones that mm -hmm. often pretty much always get stolen from us. Yeah. And um, can, I, can I pinpoint on it really quick? Yeah. So I feel like, um, and it's not our fault. It's um, some of it is ignorance, but what is ignorance? It's just, you simply just don't know. I feel like we as a create, as creatives and with the black community, we have to learn more. And this goes with just passing that knowledge around is to protect our intellectual property. That's, mm. that's number one because if we're not protecting our intellectual property we have these main fashion brands and um luxury brands such as you know like y'all know those people or whatever they come and they they surf all on twitter all day they surf they hashtag black designers hashtag black stylists and they see what i mean we're not small obviously they see people like us doing our things setting trends doing this doing that and they just copy but they can do that because our intellectual property is not protected you know i feel like we need to learn more about trademarks we need to learn more about copyrights more about patents different things and like that because just the big brands won't be able to do that you know it's like huh if you're an attorney i'm about to send you a cease and desist letter if you don't cut it out because that's not your design see 
having the I, having the knowledge of contracts. Let's start contract there. Too. Literally, too. especially for freelancers. Like, right. you, first of all, if you are a freelancer, you probably didn't. The college thing wasn't really for you at the mm -hmm. at the top. Uh, you know, so you're going about it by just wanting to be creative only. But what people don't understand about freelancers is that you're literally a creative and a business person. You have to be both of them for yourself. So you right, can't right. just be creating, 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 and you have no work ethic or you have no business ethics. You have no um, infrastructure, business infrastructure for yourself. Like um, and as black creatives we don't have access to business education in those ways you know we don't we're just that's just not the first thing that's also passed down to us you know we're not getting information from our family that we need to have certain accounts or we need right. to have certain you know certain um information just that's not readily at our hands so that's also always information that you have to go out and look for so that's why it takes years for creatives to really get stable and really realize what they need to do because freelancing to me is is double the work because if you don't have like if, especially if you don't do agents or have an agency you're um you're your lawyer you're your your representative your manager you're everything <laughs> so um just having that business knowledge that financial stability and that financial knowledge in general of how to um get money get money the right way you know like literally there's so much to go into freelancing into creative work um, that people I agree and that people actually kind of look down on you know they just think that you were out here um Playing creating and finding and, and and not doing much but you literally it takes more than just work. putting some cute fabrics and some sequence and some no baby it takes a lot of work it's a lot of lead work like you said like that business part like i tell some of my mentees you can pick out cute clothes all day but if you don't have that business structure, like you said, that infrastructure, your systems in place, you're, that longevity is not going to be there. Yeah, and that's what it is. Business ethics, financial ethics is longevity. That's literally what it is. To be a creative, because I don't want even, I would never say that anybody could be a creative. I would never say that. And the reason why I would have to say that is because it takes so much more than just, just only having vision. You know, like you have to have vision and work ethic, <laughs> you know, you have to have vision and you can't pr be procrastinating on things that you want for yourself, you know, um, is you got to have that ambition, that determination, that understanding that it doesn't stop at 5 p.m. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and you're not going to start at nine, <laughs> literally. This is a 24 hour job. For real, like if you can't take working eight hours a day, then do not become a freelance stylist. Because mm -hmm. um, there's more hours, hours. And you might not get that much pay. Mm. Yes, like you said, I you're your own accountant. You're your own lawyer. You're your own, you know, marketing and PR. Everything. It's just so much. And you mentioned something um, a few minutes ago, Kiana, that I wanted to piggyback on. Um, the business sense that we don't learn in school. And I feel like even, I never took any business classes in college, but I feel like certain things are just in you or it's not, mm. you know, right. that business sense. And 
a lot of what you were saying, I feel like it goes back to that systemic racism. You know, we weren't taught about building generational wealth and building a legacy and all that knowledge that is really needed if you want to leave a lasting impact. Um, especially as a Black creative, you know, I always say, I wish they didn't waste our time teaching us about nucleuses and mitochondria and, you know, it's exactly. so that I wasn't going to be using, boo. At At all. All. That core, them core classes, cut it out. Yes. <laughs> That's, we just had this conversation. Like, show me how to file my taxes. And see, one thing I've learned with my family, they always tell me how to save money, but nobody showed me how to invest money. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how to invest your money? Yeah. And especially yeah. If, if I learned how to invest my money, like how I learned how to save my money growing up, even into college, it would have been way easier on my financial journey as a creative in general. You know, yeah, like, you would just have especially a black, right especially a black creative because i don't know too many black creatives in my circle personally that just had a a lump sum of money in their fidelity account with their parents that's just hey you can do this route you can do this route um buddy you know like hey it's like you gotta kind of gotta get it out the mud and figure it out you know so especially really if you don't especially if you have parents who come from a more of a traditional like way of life like they're trying to you know, I constantly, when I first was trying to, to tell my parents that, hey, you know, I'm going to do this and I would really like you guys' support, but, you know, if you, I, I know that, but it was a battle, you know, constantly having to explain to somebody that, no, I'm not possibly probably going to get uh, paid for this job yet, you know, but like, I have to do it. I have to do it, you know, or, you know, because your parents or, you know, um, just, guardians like that they don't really understand the fact that um you're sacrificing now because it's gonna come later they're like girl you've been working for 10 hours what's going on like i'm calling yeah literally so it is the battle and it's a mental battle too that we have to talk about you know um, especially as the black creative things are going to come 10 times harder to you that, that come 10 times easier to somebody else. You know, can't tell you how many times I go into showrooms and, and they're like looking at me, I've transitioned, you know, cause I've been in every stage. I've been an intern, I've been assistant, I've been a lead stylist at this point. So there are, there's no many there. I can't count how many times I've gone into a showroom and I'm the one that they, that's it's appointments for me. And they're like, Oh, who are you here for? Or they're, oh, saying, stuff, or they're saying stuff to me like, um, Oh, um, do you have an appointment today? Like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm year 11. Like, what are you talking about? I just emailed you, you know? Like, I'm so glad you brought that up because we need to talk about these showrooms. Um, Colin maybe? Carter actually, actually posted some screenshots. I don't know if y'all remember when he posted about this racist showroom calling Black, black clients Felicia's. And did y'all see that? Yes. And then I saw, I saw one screenshot wait i it was felicia i thought it was something else but oh my gosh i don't remember the name but i remember it. it was during the black lives matter thing after yeah it was like at the tail end of it but i've definitely had my showroom experiences too um you know when i walk in and i have i'm pulling for a black client 
Tell mm. me why they say, oh, you can pull from, you know, these two, three little rats over here when they got like a whole, you know, thousand square feet of that I can't even touch for my black client. But tell me why I come in the next week for a white client, you know, mm-hmm. here the whole mine. showroom. The whole showroom is mine. They're like, yes, just pick anything. Let me know if you need any help. Like, they don't even try to hide it. That's my yeah. thing. And you know, one one excuse that I, that they give a lot is, oh, I'm sorry, our designer has told us that we can only yes. do a certain amount of clientele for this. And then like, sometimes that that's happened to me before. And then I'll find the designer and I'll reach out directly to the designer and the designer will say yes to me. That's happened twice. That's happened twice to me where they're where one showroom was like, oh, I'm sorry, this designer just really only specifically likes a certain type of clientele. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. The next week found their Instagram and I'm like, oh, this is the designer. I'm like, okay, let me just send an email, tell them what I'm doing. Girl, less than an hour response. Wow. Oh yes, we, we love this person. Please let me, feel free to let me know when you're available to come in this week. And see, I don't like that because you need to keep that same energy with me. That same when energy. I, when I'm going into the stores, like, and then piggybacking on what you said, but even if you have to, like, purchase something on the behalf of a client, mm. you're in a luxury store, and they'll just keep ignoring you. But in the back of my head, I'm so used to it. And I'm just like, I don't need you anyway. Yeah, right? I'm like, I'll just do my own stuff. Yeah. And I'll just give it to just one of these random people over here they might be yeah and that's what i'm saying they be messing up their commission i'm here with a with a with a car amex i need to get some things i like things right once i start going to the the designers brand that i know that client likes then they wanted to help me and so when i had got to the checkout room one time the lady was like um like she was i basically was finished she was just trying to like upsell add on like little register like a you know, those last minute, like, items on, and she was like, um, I was like, make sure you give it to, um, I'm just gonna make up a name, Bethany over here, I think Bethany wasn't even in that department, but Bethany, at least Bethany spoke, at least she said, right, if anybody speaks to me when I walk in, that's who I want to, what I want to work with, exactly, and I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, you can't pass me up, probably thinking because I wasn't going to spend any money, it doesn't matter if I'm going to spend money or not, that's a part of relationship building. And when I worked in luxury retail, my personal experience, I had so many clients just like, just re- ignore me. When you're in luxury retail, you know, Maybe. Some very bougie clients. Where they just bougie? Like, yeah, I don't want to deal with you. And it's like, and I'm like, okay. I provide you probably a better experience than them. Like, so, I'm not working for, for my health, you know, like obviously I'm good at what I do. So maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part, but I really hope, you know, this post BLM that these luxury stores, you know, I live in LA, so I'm speaking for Rodeo Drive where they have, you know, the Chanel's, the Louis, Louis Vuitton's, the Gucci's, mm-hmm. all of these, Prada, or Prada, Balmain, all of them get their act mm-hmm. because according to my insider sources, um, these stores don't be making money like that. Girl, no, because their attitude is poor. That's Their attitude is poor. That's literally that's exactly and, what I'm saying. And I will say that the the problem for these companies is they'll get their their um I don't the they'll get I don't even want to 
say, I don't want to be rude or anything like that, but they'll get an older clientele. And these people will have been there for years. Literally, these people, I, I've been looking at these people. I'm like, dang, you've been here for so long. Like when I was in retail, a luxury retail, I was working with people who had been there for 30 years, had been there 20 years because, you know, like they really make a lifestyle out of, out of like commission retail um like the luxury retail like it really is a lifestyle but the problem for that is you've had this same woman in this department for 25 years and she's had the same nasty attitude for 25 years so now this store is the nasty attitude store because you got this woman in here who constantly is is i've had there's certain stores I don't go to at, on certain days because I know that there are certain employees who are working. Like, that's how bad it gets. And I shouldn't have to do that as a customer who's coming with money. Okay, right. the, no matter what the color of my skin is, my money is still green. And there's this one particular instance that sticks out of my mind. I went to the Balmain store um, on Melrose Avenue in West Hollywood. Girl, I think I know who you're about to talk about. Yeah. I walk in and again, they, they, they straight up look at me like, why are you in here? <laughs> you know, I wasn't. I'm gonna just say, is it a guy? Is this a tall white guy? No, it was a, I think she was, she might've been oh, was a blonde girl, but she just okay. looked at me like, why are you in here? And I just walked into, she didn't say that, but she, the, oh. just the feeling, like, you know, when you just right. get that feeling where they're staring at you, <laughs> they're staring at you like, uh, and mind you, I was, you know, I wasn't looking like, yes, I am a Hollywood celebrity stylist, but I wasn't looking like, you know, like I live in the subway station either. So I, I just right. came into inquire about you know their studio services and all that stuff and you know she gave me the information but while I was looking around I was like can I look around and they were like sure and this white guy he was kind of like a Russell Brandy rocker you know shaggy hair shirt mm -hmm. just buttoned down a little to show his chest hair with the boots <laughs> they were treating him like a king so right a little Casanova they break out the champagne and all that so they didn't offer mm. the champagne but it's like you not know, the champagne yes like you don't even know who my clients are you don't know who i am like you didn't even take the time to as a decent human being and i'm not saying like you don't know who i am like you know like i'm beyonce right yeah now. but just in general you don't know you don't don't mess up your connections okay right. and my you know, thing is you know stores streets like that like melrose ave rodeo drive are heavy with tourists so you don't know if i'm some billionaire's daughter from another country like country just something you just don't know oh millions of people who pass by those Girl. places that come in from you know all different parts of the world so you just don't know they're just going based off of pre prejudices and in regards to the ball monster i'm like do y'all know that olivier is black like oh baby but does olivier know that <laughs> but does olivier know that <laughs> that's the question <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Ooh, sips tea. Hold on. Let me I mean, is that, I mean, I mean, I'm, <laughs> girl, that's a whole other conversation in it. Love you, but, <laughs> but, but no, but seriously, because I mean, we can talk about these stories constantly, you know, like, 
Um, and, and especially for Rodeo Road, girl, I've got stories probably for each store in there. And, um, you know, going into Burberry and um, already knowing, like speaking with the person, having an appointment with the person and they're like, girl, they meet you at the door. They can't, they don't even let you walk into the store. Like, I'm like, hey, like, and, and then they're like, who are you looking for? And I'm like, and I say like the manager and they're like, oh, you know who the manager is? Yes, because I'm in, in conversation with this woman. Like I have an appointment um, here for my client. Oh, is your client coming? No, <laughs> literally just, on their behalf. And then when um, I got to got all the way to the end, you know, pulled the clothes that I wanted to pull for my client and everything. And then she goes and she's like, um, "Before you leave us, you need to put a card on file." No That's shit. Are. That's how they are. Yeah. Like, duh. Like oh, and then even before I guess she was like, "You do have." Kept asking me, "You have your card on you, right? You have your card on you, right?" Yeah, I wouldn't come to the appointment. Like, don't insult my intelligence. That's the next thing. You know, I've also I'm I'm good at my job too. That's the next thing. You know, I know what I need to be doing here because you wouldn't ask any other person that. Like, you know that they come in and they come in with the right tools, with the right things that they need, and and don't treat me any less. Like, that's smart. Like, I remember going into the Dior store for um, my client and. she asked me to get her, you know, a nice little top to take a photo in. Them not knowing, you know, my client was Karen Civil. She has brand deals with Christian Louboutin, with, um, you know, Louis Vuitton. She had her birthday party at the Louis V store. So this woman, you know, she, she does well for herself. She could afford Dior. They're looking at me, you know, I'm looking through the dresses and the tops and, you know, just doing my thing. And this girl comes up to me. She's like, oh, that costs, you know, this amount of money. And like, oh, she tells you the cost. Like you can't read. Like you don't even know what my budget is. Like just the fact that she's like, oh no, that's um, $25,000. Like you can't afford that. I'm like, girl, like, I'm not about to walk out the store with the dress. I'm just looking at it. And you yeah. are here like ready to tell me to get out. But nine times out of ten, I just want to piggyback on two things. Majority of the time that I worked in luxury retail, majority of the time, I don't know why when people think when they start working at a luxury brand that they just would come out snobby. Because nine times out of ten, baby, y'all can't even afford everything that's in here while you're here trying to say with I, your I with your ten percent discount on a twenty five thousand dollar dress. <laughs> like, okay. And then another thing, I hate that. And that's coming from luxury and retail. I'm like, baby, you didn't start working at Dior, and now you think you are Dior. You are the <laughs> and, by the, and baby, the, Dior could care less. Dior could care less about what you're doing. Right. Yeah, it's the thing. You're too. not the top seller of Dior out the world, too. So I don't know why you're trying to have that nasty attitude, because now you're going to miss out on the sale. Because how you know, never mind. I want to tell you guys about now. It is not going to you, Miss Girl. Okay. <laughs> and then another thing, too, I feel like as um, Black successful younger women, I feel like I've come across, especially being an independent stylist with no agent or, agent or agency, um, they look at me, they look at my youth, too, and they like, are you eight, You 18? That's another you know, thing. I'm already, I'm already black. Of course, I'm professional. I present myself in a professional mm-hmm. manner when I go out there, and, and I have, I already know when I'm dealing with people like that, I have all, 
I have um, my I's is dotted, my P's is crossed. Yeah, yep. Don't give them anything. You have, have to go the extra Do you have your card on file? I already have the the card that I would like to put on. So I'm already ahead of the game because I already know you're going to ask me those mm-hmm. questions. I'm not prepared. You know what I'm saying? And another thing, like I said, they look at age. For me being in the menswear industry, when I go to different conventions or different things, they're like, um, so are you the assistant for, um, I'm like, no, I am Brisha Lee LLC right there. Bria Whitaker. Yes. That little girl. I'm checking in for the owner. Yes. Do I get this badge right here? And, oh, yes. I'll take the, um, the lanyard too, by the way. So, you know, I'm like, give me all my stuff because I'm not the intern. Give me my things. Yeah. I'm here to collect. Yeah, I'm not the assistant for this suit company right here. I'm here independently for my brand. Right. I deserve the same respect, you know, because I already already know I look young. Like, Mm -hmm. most people think I'm barely 21. So, I'm like, I I will say, come across. I will say, just to piggyback off of that, I also want to say that's not only solely in, um, like, um, like, it's in within our community, too. Like, there's been times where I've been on all Black teams before, and I've, like, been looked at as the one who's like, oh, you're too young, be quiet. You know, or like you're the one, or I've gotten, I've gotten the comments of, oh, I, I get, I get here, oh, all the time, and I'm like, call me one more time. <laughs> but you coming over here to ask me what I think about this? Right. But you're coming over here to to ask me to troubleshoot something because y'all don't know what to do. I was just you know? about to say that that little meme where it said when Miss Barbara asked you to um, convert her file to a PDF. I'm like, yes, baby. All this <laughs> stuff you've been doing now, you need my help. I just want to say, um, this is just literally to our community, to the Black community, the Black creative community. I really think that it would be nice if we supported each other a lot more than we do. Um, I know that it's so easy for us to take a, a if a brand reaches out or if uh, if somebody else reaches out that is going to give us some type of exposure or some type of whatever we need um, then we'll jump at those opportunities but ha- have somebody in your creative circle reach out like hey like you want to create a project together like you want to do something together and then all of a sudden responses are slow and people are not willing to like really do things with your own community but then when you get in these high positions you don't have um, a black network. You you don't have like a black creative network to in, um, implement um to basically put these black creatives in these positions. Like you know you get these black creative directors who don't know any other black creatives because they rather take um um brand handouts and 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 all these other different types of handouts rather than just like really supporting your community. And um I, I have the idea in my mind now that. You have to one create for yourself and if you can create for yourself you can create for others so creating a project where you're like hey my friend is um starting starting to try to get into photography okay cool like i have a creative idea that i want to do i'm gonna let you shoot it you know let's start your portfolio um oh i have a friend who um just started designing menswear and then i have another friend who needs an album cover photo cool design something for him to put on his album cover literally like i just wish that the black Black creative community would invest and support in each other a lot more. Um, I know that um, a lot of people want financial gain so quickly, um, but literally you can't have any type of financial gain if you don't have infrastructure. 
you, you know, like you, this is why um, people who are not in our community are, it's so easy for them to come in, take ideas and leave because we're not strong. We're not unit. We have no unity with us. There's not, there's no gatekeepers coming in saying, Hey, you know what? No, I don't want to give you my project. I just want to create my project with my people. And I'm not saying that we have to be selfish, but literally look what us um, wanting the world to see us has done. It's like stripped us of our, our creative identities. It stripped us of our culture. It's giving people the um, idea that they are entitled to what we bring to the table, you know, um, their, their names are on our culture at this point. So in my mind, or it, for me, I just want to challenge Black creatives to invest and support other Black creatives because that's our base. Literally, this is our base. It is. And I think it takes... Oh, oh go ahead. ahead. No, I was just about to say, um, I agree with everything that you said, um, Kiana, especially sometimes in certain cities that you're in too, because some people just have really like a a poverty mindset and a crab in a bucket mentality but you know I've always I'm just a person don't come to me with a problem if you don't have a solution and one of the things that I've learned in the community that I'm in when you lead by example and you're genuine the followers gonna gonna eventually they're gonna they're gonna peep first you know they're gonna be like, okay let me see what she's doing let me see if she really about what she's talking about then on top of that, then they're going to start following along. Then when you look at it, if everybody starts following you, Kiana, you, um, Brittany, then the people who was complaining, who does have that priority mindset or that crab in a bucket mentality, they're going to eventually be like, okay, well, let me get it together. Because ain't nobody going to be, they're going to be over there solo dolo. They don't have no connects. Yeah. They don't have no exactly. opportunity. You know, so it's just like, I always try to think, how can we get people out of that? And I'm the type of person I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to put my people on any type of way. People know I, I'm i good for that. But another thing, too, what I will not do, I, I have to be able to vouch for your character and your work ethic because I'm not going to give you no opportunity and then you make my reputation look bad. <laughs> look bad you know? yeah. I got to be able to trust you. Like, I got to put you to the test a little bit. I got to put you put you through through a little something, something to make sure you can handle this because it's been plenty of times if I can't do certain things and especially if I know it's a pay gig, if I can vouch for your character, I'm like, look, sis, here, do this or look, this is a good opportunity for you to do X, Y, and Z. I know this is more so your lane. That's not really my lane, even though it's paid. You know, yeah. like, I'm quick That's to what I'm saying. Once it. you connect with other people, you can see what their skill set is. If you can't do it, then all of a sudden, now Black people start becoming the connectors for other Black people. Now you're like, hey, you know, I don't do makeup, but I got a bomb makeup artist on my team, you know? Like, that's what I'm saying. Now, this is when you, you build your team. Um, I agree with you, Bria. Once people really start seeing what you're doing and what you're bringing to the table, there's no choice. They're like, okay, you know what? That's working. That's something that I want to get behind. That's something that I want to support. And once that happens, you look behind you and you're like, okay, y'all, we could really do this. You know, we could really do this. Put, pulling together our resources, pulling together our manpower, just pulling together the the ambition let's start there like like you said this crab in the bucket you really have to find people who are about your mental too um if you don't have that ambition that determination and that understanding that it might not happen today but literally if we do it today tomorrow could be better you know you have to find those people who are willing to get it get it out the mud with you but positively you know like to be like we're doing this because we have a goal we're not doing this mindlessly uh there's right. things um that we're getting out of it you know 
But and kindness to me is contagious. Like, mm. I'll, it'll eat you up. If you have that crab in a bucket mentality, it's going to eat you up more inside because those blessings are keep are going to keep flowing towards me and my team because kindness kills every time. And then eventually, once, if you keep that negative mindset and just being unkind and just being petty and clickish, like I hate the clickish stuff too. We too grown. This is not high school, middle school, grow up, you know? <laughs> eventually, you're going to realize, dang, I'm by myself, you know? Like, mm-hmm. then you look at the stuff in the mirror like, dang, I do look kind of dumb. So let right. me get together, you know? <laughs> if, you don't, if you're not connected, that's also why you have all these stories of Black creatives, you know, unfortunately passing away, dying. These Black creatives who are, who are, feel like they're failures or they stop you know they don't even keep going anymore because they come up they have like a bad one bad year and that's it you know like they one bad year you're gonna have bad years you're gonna have bad months you know it's not gonna always be easy but it's easier when you have support literally and and um, unfortunately in the black community it always it doesn't always come from our families first you know um which is why i'm big on creatives need to support other creatives because we know what it, what it takes you know we know what that mindset takes to still say yes when your whole surround all of your surroundings are telling you no you know like when you can't get that dress or when your camera stops working or when the brand says no thank you we don't want to work with you or you know like when when you start getting these no's who are you turning to, you know? And so I will say, because I always have to, I always have to put in there just because this is, this is for me, but I'm a woman of faith too. I mm-hmm. constantly talk to God. I, every day. I constantly it. have to feed my spirit, man, because literally this right. world will take everything from you. And if you can't at least exactly. give yourself something back, baby, you right. can't pour from an empty cup. Okay. Right. You just cannot pour from an empty cup. So, right. um, personally, so personally, God is my my refuge. You know, I can right. I can hold on to Him, but I know that He says that we're not supposed to be alone. You know, He says that as humans, we're not made to be alone. So I I have to carry that in in my walk. Well, I agree with you for sure. I definitely have to tap into my word because if not, oh Bria will eventually start coming out. If I- <laughs> this new improved Bria I like the way she is looking she is is, is doing good you know but I'm just being real you know no yeah and and PD you gotta be careful because people will try to undo your healing baby Mm -hmm. they will try to undo your healing and I'm like that's why you gotta tap into your word like Mm -hmm. either your your word your meditation time I always say like take 15 minutes to start your day with whatever relaxes you or whatever mm-hmm. keeps you at a sound mind or whatever it it's different for everybody you know but I just know me like you said I can just really tap into my words spend time I'm not distracted early in the morning I can go work out right that ties into your mental health too because being a, a stylist and a creative you have to have that mental health is everything if you look at people in the fashion industry just a little off but it's important too like like you said, people commit suicide and mm-hmm. people are just doing all because all that stress, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like what you were saying, just piggybacking on you, Kiana, like having that strong and solid support system, like, hey, sis, I'm going through. I need some. Somebody need just some to call, just to say like, something. You know? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's stressful. Easy. This industry is stressful, especially with the media and everything it's as so you continue to grow that you have people who understand what you're going through. So that's why I don't understand if 
these other stylists they don't want to be friends stylists because that's quote-unquote competition like i love having other stylists around me because y'all know exactly what i mean when i say you know something that's specific to this industry like y'all have been through what Brittany, i've been through. i have gone through friends and i genuinely just want to be friends with these people like genuinely just want to be a friend i think you're a cool girl and then or guy because it's been guys too and i'm like dang like you, I'm not even, I, I, I don't know what's happening right now. I feel like there's a lot of projection. There's so much projection that's happening oh onto me. God. And baby, all I'm, I'm just trying to provide you is friendship. Oh, and, you know, they want that. <laughs> this is, this source energy is just everything. Source plus Aries, like a Libra now. But this is just like, everything. Uh, I feel like I'm looking at myself in the mirror. Honestly, I find myself ha having conversations <laughs> with myself like, Kiana, are you offending people? Like, with your friendship? I'm confused. <laughs> like, but we talked about that. It's the time. Right. I want to say, like, when me and Kiana, we just met, because, you know, like, you know, L.A. got this reputation, and I hate when people say, you know, L.A. people are fake because those people aren't even from L.A., but anyways, um, you were kind of, I could tell you were kind of, like, checking me out, like, what's this girl? I was, I would be so honest, I was, like, I was, like, side-eyeing, I was, like, did she want to be friends or do she like need a business partner like which one is it but honestly that's how you know that people are really genuine and because first of all people who are looking for a business partner probably wouldn't even saw that i was sketchy or like like hmm, i see you but brie but Brittany, she was just like i just want to be your friend like so let's just be friends and then, like everything else Everything else came natural after that. Like, you know, the projects that we worked on were just things that we sat and we were talking about, you know, and we were just having conversations like, oh, girl, that's so smart. Let's do it. Yeah. Or she'll be like, I want to do this. And I'm like, yeah, girl, what you need me to do? Like, and that's because you just want to have those relationships where you feel like, like there's reciprocity, you know, like, and, and. Right there'll be people who just hit my phone up and just need stuff, just need this. And, oh, can you tell me where I could go for this? Or uh, where I'm supposed to do this? Or how I'm supposed to do this? And first of all, we already get that from our friends and family who is like, find this for me. And where do you get this? And why can I find this somewhere? You tell me. You tell everybody else. <laughs> and you'd be like, okay, like, give me a second. I'll get back to you. <laughs> But Brina, I want to turn it back to you a little bit because, you know, me and Kiana, we spoke about our experiences on like Rodeo Drive and Melrose in LA and being from LA or, you know, working in LA, we're so used to, you know, diversity and it's a very liberal place that we live in. Now, with it being 2020 and everything coming out, I tend to forget that a lot of this country is still very much racist. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of that. And mind you, still in L.A., but not as, you know, not as much. Now, you being from Dallas, Texas, mm -hmm. what has my experience been like? Because, you know, I'm looking at these electoral, this electoral um, map. And by the way, I was happy. He just, he won Pennsylvania, so. And he won it. Georgia. Yeah. Yes, girl, that was a, I was like, oh, just showed out. Yeah. Damn, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, so, so tell us what's good in Texas, uh, Bria. 
crazy. Trump flags everywhere. I'm like, what's oh, going on? Man. Oh, man. First of all, baby, be careful. Oh, but, but we're not, not going to bring politics into this. Um, <laughs> Wait, but before, before, sorry, sorry. Me and Kiana, we went and had our little acai bowls. You remember oh. when we went? We were in Beverly Hills. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, she was like, what are we going to do after this? And I was like, you know, I love to just go to the park and just chill and watch the little waterfalls or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm driving to the park. And tell me why we came across a whole Trump rally, like loud and proud. Trump rally. rally. And it was just so soft. Had cop cars as guards. Like, we was just like. Um, I don't think we should park here. I don't think we should. And then remember, we I was stopped at the red light, and that man started screaming Trump in the car. Yes, he just started screaming so Trump, Trump, Trump in the car. It was and we so and Brittany crazy. looked at each other and was like, "We have never we didn't even say anything. We just sitting here." We were so shocked. We were just looking at each other like we have never experienced that just in front of our face. And to me, like you know, that's a symbol of hatred and. Yeah. Just to see that, like, in a place where I used to go to during lockdown to find peace and just get out the house, mm-hmm. and it just being filled with that, it just kind of ruined it for me, honestly. So you being in Texas, what's it like, you know, just seeing right. that more often than we would in L.A.? Right. I think some of the experiences that, that I kind of piggybacked on when y'all was talking about it, it's, it's the same um, it could be a little worse because like like you said, like this is the South. I mean, if you look back in history, mm-hmm. the South has always been very a little different. Aggressive. You know? um, <laughs> aggressive, racist, prejudice, you know. So it's just like coming up in the South, I think as a black stylist or creative or designer, wherever you are, um, I think we we have the same challenges that, that y'all have. It just gets a little tricky when it comes to maybe luxury brands out here because, you know, the people that's over it, you know, they really look at you as like, mm, okay, you know, like, I don't think the, the stories, the stories that y'all said, I don't think it's different from what I've experienced. I would say, of course, like how y'all experience y'all, it's a little bit more discrimination um I've even had people discriminate me because you know like with my braids and um Mm. I had like my faux locks and stuff it's like I'm making eye contact with you the whole time and you're literally looking at my hair because I don't have a hat on you know it's either my hair was down or it's up in a bun but that shouldn't like differentiate how I conduct business or how I get the job done different things like that and nine times out of ten I've been I've worked on projects before where it's just like I knew um, some of the white girls, like we went to the same schools and everything, same majors. I literally had one of my colleagues tell me like, I remember we was working on a project and they was just basically came up with some lame excuse how like they couldn't bring me on. Um, but the, the girl that they ended up bringing on was, uh, she was she was white. And I remember one of my colleagues I went to college with, she was like, um, I said, who did they end up like hiring for that to work that project? She was like some other white girl. She was like, I'm just being honest, Bria. She was like, she don't know what she's doing. And she was like, she don't have half of the experience that you have. And that just made me think like, this happens more often than what you think. And I think they're just so comfortable with putting their own, putting their own on majority of the time where they overlook people that looks like me and you, you know, what looks like us. Yeah. Um, and I, I've, I've 
had that happen to me multiple times. And just to, just to hear from an actual white girl, <laughs> my colleague, like that just hit a little different. It made me kind of feel some type of way. But now I don't take it, you know, I don't, I don't get offended by it, you know, because with me establishing everything independently, it makes me work harder. And, you know, it's like, you didn't want to give me those opportunities and different things like that. I don't have any hard feelings towards you, you know, because we will meet again. We will cross paths again you know and then what you know then it's like the table has turned so then I'm just gonna be like yes I'll get that too you know it's like yeah you remember me and it's so funny I saw um a a girl that I know she worked for a company and she didn't get the job she was the only like they was trying to quote unquote put some diversity on their on their team and their business she didn't get it and now she has her own business. She's doing very good. One of the ladies who interviewed her, she ended up interviewing her later. This is, she's older than us. And she told me about that experience, basically just saying like, don't be discouraged of where you are now because you never know how life and the tables can turn. And I just thought that story was very interesting because the lady who didn't hire her a few years later came to work for her own independent company. And she was the person to interview the lady that didn't give her the job and was being, um, basically being prejudiced against her because of her skin color, because how all of a sudden I, I, I had all the qualifications, but when you finally meet me, then it's, it's a difference. It shouldn't be a difference. You know, if, if my skill set, if my knowledge, if everything, if you liked it before on paper, over the phone and all that, when you meet me in person, it's, bec- it's because my skin color, you know, like that doesn't even make sense. And nine times out of ten, that's what happens majority of the time. But I would say some of the experiences have been the same. Like, you know, like from the sales associates thing, like how you said um, earlier, Kiana, like I look at who speaks to me in the store. Like if you don't speak to me, I that literally, like I would literally walk out the store. I don't have to shop at your store. It's a whole bunch of other stores out here that I can shop it. And with me being a um, from a services and stylist perspective, I'm quick on when I work with my clients, I want to shop black owned first and then I will go to the other stores last. That's how I shop because I want to pour those dollars that my clients are spending into the black community, into small businesses. Um, and then I'll go to like the the other big brand stores or the other stores that's online or whatever. But I'm big on shopping with my own first and then I go to them because it's a lot of great black designers out here um, that needs just maybe a little bit more exposure, you know? Yeah, literally they just, and I I feel like Instagram takes a lot into account. Like people, if you don't have like a certain amount of a situation going on, like I've had, I've had situations where I know I'm completely qualified, like you said, for a position. And then I have to, on paper, like my, Instagram I mean my um portfolio my resume everything is like perfect and like in the email they're so happy they're so good and then they're like okay can you I've had people act for me to send over my Instagram and I was like oh wow that's a first um and I said is there a reason why I mean like my profile is public but you know I don't, I mean, I'm thinking that they're probably like doing their due diligence, looking for like anything bad, you know, like the company, you know, some companies do like a little like check up on their people to see if how they are. Girl, uh, we went by nothing, hadn't heard from these people. And then I'm like, okay, let me, oh, that, you know, you kind of forget. I'm like, oh, let me, 
follow up with these follow folks up, and right. see what's going down. And then they're like, oh, we want to move in a different direction. Direction, yes. That's the I say, oh, I guess keyword, you're black. We didn't know. <laughs> we don't want you, sis. Sorry, we didn't know you were black. Well, yeah, we thought you was that, that blue person. Right, and then I'm like, but my name, it literally is Tiana Johnson. Like, who That's black as hell. So I don't know what y'all thought I was. <laughs> Bria Whitaker. Bria Whitaker, what? Girl, I was like, okay, that's cool. I guess I didn't need it. Um, and, and also to to go to add on more what you said, there's been times where I used to intern, where I was interning, where I would go to showrooms and like the showroom manager or the you know the showroom person. You know how they like to click clack all up and down the showroom when you're there. So um, I would come across some people. Um, I would just say it, who worked at the uh, Jimmy Choo. Uh, a showroom yeah and um, I would go in there all the time and there was this one girl she would give me the blues like all the time she was just mean she would ask me all the time who are you as though I wasn't in there every week you know I was like okay girl cool like I see how we gonna be but of course you know I never changed anything I was like okay have a good day um because one time we did get into it and this is why this was the first and the last time that I ever let anybody let take me out of my character yeah so i was interning and i had just started interning and so i'm coming across all these microaggressions and i'm like whoa you know like dang um and a girl she called me on the right day that's all i have to say she called me on the right day and i was like okay girl i'm gonna take these shoes but i'm gonna come back and give you a piece of my mind because you think this you're gonna keep doing this and you're not right. 12 hours and i ain't eight Twelve hours, I ain't eight, and you're not about to just throw these shoes at me like I like I like you know, no. Right. So I think I might have said a little a little got a little slick back with her. And um, you know, at the end of the day, whoever I was interning for at the time, I honestly don't remember. But at the end of the day, the person was like, So what happened today? And I was like, What? I'm like, don't come at me with this. this now it's hour fifteen. Don't don't do this. What is going on? And um she's like I'm sending you to these places and you're not going to disrespect them and mess up my name. Like, and you know, like basically just going back and forth with me. And I'm like, um, I'm not about to go back and forth with you no more. Like if we don't need me on this team, I don't, I don't need to be on this team. If you telling me that I need to go in here and the other part of it is I was on a black team. So this black lady was telling me to just take it basically. You know, this black lady was like, um, I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care what, you know, what's going on. And her advice to me was just to shut up and take it. So, of course, that's already not sitting well with me because I'm, like, explaining to you that this is this white woman who is doing these microaggressions to me. And you, as a black woman, knowing exactly what I'm going through, you're telling me to shut up and take it. And, and not in a um, don't worry, we're going to get there type of way, in a don't mess with me type of way. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So that whole situation is over. Um, girl, um, I, I'm, I, I think I still kept interning with them. Like we, we resolved it or whatever, stopped about a year or two later. Um, now I didn't moved up. Like, you know, I'm like, um, uh, first I'm assisting now. And, um, this is like right, right before I transitioned into lead styling where I was taking my contacts and saying, Hey, you know, like I'm going to become a style, my lead stylist now. This woman, I go into uh, I go into another showroom, a completely different showroom, has nothing to do with Jimmy Choo. Why is this girl interning for that showroom? 
Wait, the girl that was at Jimmy Choo? The girl that who was the sh manager for the Jimmy Choo I showroom. Those have turned. Girl, it was, and it had been years. And the only reason why I remember it is because you never gonna remember your, you always gonna remember your first one, you know, the f first one. And I walked in and I was like, oh. Oh yeah, you could tell she knew. You could tell she knew who I was too. Like you could tell she remembered. Like it clicked. Like as soon as we saw each other, and I didn't say anything. I was just like, "Hi, I'm here for my appointment." And then um, I was talking to her because I'm thinking she's the manager. And then she goes, "Oh, let me go get the manager." And I'm like, "Okay." And then I sit down, and then um, the person comes out, and she's like, hey, Kiana, because like, I go to the showroom a lot. So I'm like, so she's like, hey, Kiana, come on in. Did you meet our new intern? And I was like, oh, yeah. And then I did. I did. And then, and then she, and then, girl, she goes, and then I'm done. I'm done. And then she goes, um, oh, yeah, get her something to drink from the back. I was like, oh, God. It's gonna be a great day, Jesus. Let's go, <laughs> girl. That was my first appointment of the day, too. <laughs> oh, that set the tone. Like, yes, set the tone. But no, but I say all that to say, literally, you're correct. It always comes full circle. Like you know, these situations where they where they become so incredibly hard, where you're sitting there at your wits end, like. Girl, I was like, mm. and at this time, you know, interning, you're starving for days, for months, at, you know, like going through that whole stage. Um, so it was feeling like nothing was going to ever end. Um, but, you know, just to ha remember having that determination, that ambition, knowing that this is what I want to do, regardless of what, uh, what is going on, regardless of my situation, knowing that I have a goal and knowing that God sees that God does honor determination consistency god honor you know he he does he always turns his tables he said the first shall be last and the last shall be first so i hold on to those things but and he got to that's my little story that i said girl hold on just hold on it's gonna be okay right he gotta trust you with the small things first before he just blesses you and more so you gotta be mm -hmm. able to because if you you're fumbling ready. the ball on that level you you can't you're get not to ready level. you're not ready to elevate yet mm -hmm. And and just it's levels in everything and, you do. It is. And hard. I will. This is the last thing I'll say on that too. Like these experiences are are humbling too. You know, because sometimes you gotta be like, okay, I'll bite my tongue. But mm -hmm. I know, I know it's gonna pay off. You know, like you I said earlier, really, like trying to yeah, you gotta pick and choose your battles wisely. Like that's what I said. Like oh, Bria. I'm gonna let you know what it is. Mm -hmm. I'm top, baby. I don't care who gets offended. <laughs> but and you might but, get a finger in your Ubria, face. Keep playing with me. Ubria, the new improved, the business owner, different things like that. I can't carry myself like how I used to carry myself. I mm -hmm. You are in a brand. Who's you? You. It takes you years to build your reputation, with seconds or minutes to lose it. You get what I'm saying? So. You have to pick and choose wisely different things. It's like it's not even worth it. Yeah, worth it. Yeah. So, but a I'm lot not. of this stuff is not worth it. Like I will, I will say that those humbling moments really make for your successes being ten times better. Uh, when you're literally having those, should I still be doing this? Is this something that's for me? Those self-doubting moments, even those self-sabotage moments when you're procrastinating, when you're not making that phone call, not sending that email because, you know, having the fear of rejection or having that fear of, of the response. Literally, those humbling moments just make you realize that, one, it can be taken away so quickly, and two, 
when you are successful, you are so much more grateful for your successes. You're so much more thankful for the things that you come across. You know, I can't um, tell you how many times I, I um, saw something in my mind years ago and then just this year is happening and I'm like, oh, whoa. You know, having to be like, dang, God, in a pandemic, you still going? Like, you know? Deja vu, everything. Yeah, literally just having to be like, I wrote that down two years ago or a year ago, or I got that, I wrote that down in my journal and I didn't even see it like this, but this is the best way it could happen, you know? Um, just trusting, you know, trusting that process. Yeah, everything happens when it's meant to. So do not give up, do not despair. Your dreams, it's still on its way, even if it all doesn't happen for you within a year. You know, a lot of people who enter this industry, they want everything mm -hmm. right now, right now. But you might not be ready for it. Maybe you weren't ready for that blessing back then, you know, two years ago when you wrote it down in your journal. But this is the right time you are who the person you're supposed to be now to mm -hmm. accept that so you know everything will happen for you in its perfect timing and ladies i want to end on a positive note so what can we as the black leaders of the future of the fashion industry do to create real change um i would definitely say um Hold people accountable, including yourself. I feel like accountability is one of the main things. Like, I'm the type of person, if I know something is wrong or if I see somebody doing stuff, I'm going to let you know. Like, we got to hold each other accountable. You know, like what you said earlier, Kiana, um, definitely unity. Um, so that would be my second thing. Like, I'm big on when I get information, I like to share it with others. You know, why? It's lonely at the top. You know, I want, I want other, I call myself billionaire B. I don't know about y'all, but... I need some other people up there that's millionaires and billionaires with me. And you can't get that if you're being stingy. You ain't passing that information along. Now, you know? yeah. now sometimes you got to pay to play. You know, the game is to be sold, not told. But you, know, <laughs> you, still you still can give out a little information here and there and help help your um your own on the way. So I would say accountability. I would say unity. And I'm, my third thing is giving back. Um, definitely, when I get to a level, I want to be able to monetarily, like, give people scholarships other creators mm. stuff like that because i used to be that broke creator that couldn't afford to invest into my dream so if i could just do scholarships to help out different people that i know like i believe in their vision and stuff to help them get to where they want to be but also when they get that money pair them with mentors which is very important because you may need 10k to do your fashion show but if you don't know the proper financial responsibility or the wisdom behind it you're gonna fumble that that, that yeah, yeah literally and you're gonna be looking like dang why well, i only got a g left and i still got 5k yeah. more stuff to do right mm -hmm. and so having those mentors like if, if i know your weakness is financials and maybe interpersonal skills you're not to talk to people well i need to put you with somebody who can show you how to um, properly speak for yourself, how to sell yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I need to put you with a mentor who's going to put you Market. in the right direction to get, get this money and know how to budget it. Because that's important. Period. I'm done. <laughs> no, but it is important. And literally, I would just add on to that. I wouldn't change anything. I would just add from the accountability. That's why I say I want um, accountability in Black creatives supporting other Black creatives. Literally, you can't do anything by yourself. You cannot do things by yourself. And if you do do it by yourself, it won't be as good as it could be with a team. It would never be as good. It would always, you will always have what if. What if I had somebody else do this? What if I had somebody else, you know, do this? 
So for the accountability, I want to have accountability among Black creatives. Are you really supporting your friends? Are you really um, taking that time to say, hey, you know what? I saw that you were struggling trying to make your website. My other friend is a graphic designer. Put y'all together. Yeah, you could do this. You you could do that. Um, so I agree with the accountability. Accountability, and that builds the unity. That builds the infrastructure. That is what takes out the big brands coming in and taking anything. You know, like the for lack of better business right now, the fashion overs, you know, or, or the, the pretty little things, the she-ins, the boo-hoos, like, you know, yes, we all love them. Um, cool, we'll buy their things, but we also have to realize that they're constantly taking these designs from Black creatives, from Black designers, from all the, all these different um, people of color in general. So- um, on to that, when you mentioned Fashion Nova, um, I was looking at which companies were posting the black squares, even though that's like the bare minimum. But I noticed that Fashion Nova posted theirs like five days later after everybody and then- That's because they had pressure. People was probably like, what are you doing? What right, are you doing? The majority, the majority of your audience is black women, of your customers, I mean. Mm -hmm. And they literally went back to posting, you know, the booty shorts like two seconds later. So I'm like, in regards to holding companies and ourselves accountable, do stop giving these companies your dollars if they don't yeah. really- yeah look at who owns fashion nova like mm -hmm. you don't know who is behind these companies they don't really care about Which is really interesting because i have no clue yeah. i think it isn't it a man there's yeah. you know, most of the time it's men who are like only these things yeah yeah it's, it's a man um, i think it's a man <laughs> yeah i know i don't think so, um, these co um, companies accountable and support black businesses who actually care about you because you can find jeans and like little cute dresses from black designers as well you know and they could honestly you know the smaller designers can use that money even more yeah, right? so yeah. millions a day so you know they're, they're gonna be good they're gonna be good regardless and this is the last thing too is as a black designer and creative know your worth because I know people, when I, I'm big on supporting black business, they like, that costs too much. Okay, well, baby, you weren't saying that when you went to get that Balmain shirt or those shoes or these Balenciaga um, belts and stuff like that. You know, like, why is why can't you invest the same 300 into this black-owned independent designer like how you do these brands? You know, the only difference is, with if, if anything, the black designer probably care about you more than these big brands do, you know? And it's actually coming from either by hand and it's a lot of thought process coming from a design perspective you know it's a lot of different factors that go into making these $300 pants you know like if we had a little bit more um financial stuff you know obviously it wouldn't cost that much to produce but you know like I think that's another thing too knowing your worth and not complaining for what people's prices are because you don't complain when it comes to the other stuff that mm -hmm. stop trying to get discounts from black design. yeah going to the chanel store asking for saying yeah. 500 i mean you probably get a keychain for 500 dollars at chanel but you know what i mean like respect respect the black designers pricing right it goes through with it. and stylist too and stylist <laughs> Uh, the, all the black creatives. No, seriously, I've had multiple people be like, oh, but you, it's only one day. And I'm like, oh my. No, it's not only one day, baby. I have a week of work to prep and then I'm coming to set. Okay. <laughs> yes. There's so much that goes behind the scenes. So just don't question anybody's prices. 
here. Yeah, and just also be respectful. Like the last thing I want to say is I just really want creatives to support you. I, that's what I want to say. It's just support your friends, literally support your friends. What is so hard about just supporting them in any way, whether it's buying, reposting, connecting people, just support, just support. So where can our listeners keep up with you, amazing ladies? Uh, follow me on Instagram, <laughs> at Kiana underscore Renee, K-Y-A-N-N-A underscore R-E-N-E-E. And then you'll have other contact information on there. And Bria, yeah, so Bria. you can follow um, me, Bria, at I am, I am, Bria, B-R-I-A, Charlize, C-H-A-R-L-I-S-E on Instagram. And I'll follow back, y'all. <laughs> right. <laughs> so much for listening i hope you take away a lot from today's conversation thanks for having us yes thank you so much for sharing your amazing perspectives and if you guys enjoyed today's episode please be sure to give us a great review and subscribe for more see you in the next episode bye